Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast on Thursday, the 8th of December, 2022. I'm Andy Eubank, and on the way, the latest Indiana farm news, including Women for the Land to be featured at next week's Indiana Farm Expo at Grand Park, Westfield, Indiana. Also, almost all U.S. farms are family-owned and operated. C.J. Miller has that report. Elise Koning reports on the Women for the Land story. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin has some cloudy and maybe wet, possibly snowy weather coming up. The markets yesterday all went higher analysis with Tom Fritz coming up on the Hat Podcast, brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. Visit them online at ffbt.com. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. And it's always like clean oil because most of my stuff leaks. So, yes. yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. To agriculture. We go from the cute and cuddly phase to the not so cute and cuddly phase. After you that. can cuddle with them at 290 pounds. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably against your will, I'm well, guessing. And, well, other things. He calls them all variable costs. That's bull. <laughs> They're not variable costs. <laughs> I think you meant to say that's yeah. fertilizer. Right, staying on topic. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. A seminar planned specifically for women landowners and farmers as part of next week's Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo. And farming is still overwhelmingly a family business. I'm C.J. Miller, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Well, there's an organization called Women for the Land that provides education and resources to women landowners and farmers. Elise Koning reports how the organization is also providing a free seminar at next week's Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo at Grand Park in Westfield. Women have a really large role in land management, and the number of women in agriculture is increasing every year. Brianne Lowe is the Indiana State Biologist for the USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service. She also serves as facilitator and training coordinator for Women for the Land. Women for the Land is a statewide initiative that uses a networking method in informal settings to really connect local women landowners to each other and to resource professionals and organizations. During events hosted by local soil and water conservation districts, women who farm or own land are connected with resource professionals for discussions on conservation, soil health, and other land-related topics. A large portion of women landowners are over the age of 65, and I don't have the exact statistics, but we know that more than half of all land is either owned or co-owned by women now. And so because women are taking a more active role in that land management, they have a lot of questions and they have a lot of desire to understand what various decisions mean for their land. Lowe and her colleagues are bringing the discussion to the seminar stage at the Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo. We're going to talk about the values that many of our women participants in these programs have or the questions they've had for their land and why these have been so important in driving the topics for these learning circles and other women-led events. 
I would suspect that many of the attendees at the Farm Expo have women in their lives that are involved at the farm on some level. Maybe they're going to be passing it on to someone in their family or have someone in their family that wants to get some more information. They'll be presenting December 15th at 11 a.m. I'm Elise Koning. Here's your holiday reminder that it's just about time to put out the milk and cookies for my big night. Ho, ho, ho! That's right. Just take a picture of the milk and cookies that you leave out for Santa and post it to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the hashtag SantaDrinksMilk. Use all your social media and be sure you tag at INDairy along with hashtag SantaDrinksMilk. Now let's see those pics with hashtag SantaDrinksMilk. Ho, ho, ho! Well, when it comes to farms across the U.S., the overwhelming majority are still family-owned and operated. That's according to a new report from the USDA. 98% of U.S. farms are family-owned and operated, and they accounted for over 80% of total value of production. And that's Noah Miller, research agricultural economist with the USDA's Economic Research Service. Of these family farms, small family farms were the largest group, accounting for 89% of all farms and operating 45% of all agricultural land. The report also says many smaller farms are feeling some financial strain. The share of farms with a low-risk operating profit margin, OPM, varied by farm size in 2021. 54% of large family farms had low-risk OPMs, while on average only 18% of small-scale farms fell in this category. This indicates that smaller farms are at higher risk of financial stress. Despite that financial stress, farm incomes are still strong. Farm households in general are neither low-income nor low-wealth. The median total income of all U.S. family farm households was over $20,000 greater than the median income of all U.S. households in 2021, with median total household income for all family farms increasing by over $10,000 from the previous year. The report also says row crop farmers continue to take advantage of the federal crop insurance program. We found that in 2021, 14% of all farms participated in federal crop insurance. But for row crop farms, this figure was much higher at 62%. Indemnities from federal crop insurance were roughly proportional to harvested cropland. Mid-sized and large-scale family farms together had 66% of all harvested cropland acres and received 84% of the indemnities. However, that same report says small family farms only generated 18% of the total value of production for 2021. Read more at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm C.J. Miller, Hoosier Ag Today, timely, relevant, credible. Come and see the future at the Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo, December 13 through 15, Grand Park Event Center, Westfield, Indiana. See the equipment and inputs you will need in 2023 and the technology you will farm with in 2033. Free admission, free parking, free seminars, and on December 14, free breakfast. The Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo, December 13 through 15, Grand Park Event Center, Westfield. Details at indianafarmexpo.com. Clouds on the increase here over Indiana today, and we have some moisture that's going to try and push in here as we move later on. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. Let's take a look at your forecast update. We see moisture starting with some rain showers in far southwestern Indiana as we move toward midday. And then rain tries to move over the rest of the state through a late afternoon, evening, overnight. And then we see lingering moisture tomorrow. The system tries to split in two. So I'm only going to put coverage at about 80% with moisture here. But I think we have a chance for 
quarter to probably one inch of liquid equivalent before all is said and done. The question comes in my mind late tomorrow as we hit a colder air mass coming in while still some moisture is around. Maybe we see this precipitation end to sloppy wet snowflakes. Colder air in place for the weekend for Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Big time rain event Tuesday, Wednesday next week, followed by snow to finish the week. I'm Ryan Martin. Your operating loan for your farm needs to cover all that could be. That's why Farm Credit Mid-America offers flexible financing options to take care of the day-to-day so you can free up capital to maximize opportunities for your farm. Use our online banking or mobile app to conveniently check funds so you always know how much cash you have on hand and can plan for what's ahead. To find an operating loan that works for you, visit e-farmcredit.com. Subject to credit approval, additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity lender. Markets go higher, led by wheat and soybean futures. This is Who's Your Ag Today's Wednesday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank, and the review is brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct, the Eastern Corn Belt's fastest-growing independent seed company. SeedGeneticsDirect.com for pricing and more information. Numbers on the way. First, market analysis. And for that, I checked in at the end of Wednesday trade with Tom Fritz in Chicago. Tom, we have higher markets to talk about, probably a short covering rally in wheat, which led the way. Also, it appears the strong soy meal market boosted beans. Corn goes along for the ride pretty much? No, I think so. You know, the corn market, uh, you know, we've got a problem with a lack of export for corn. We had a uh, fairly decent ethanol grind number, but it bothers me that, uh, okay, we've got a good grind number, but the stocks are building. If they continue to grind at the rate they're doing, which uh, this past week was uh, 1.077 million barrels per day, but uh, stocks climbed by, uh, what, uh, 400,000 barrels. And, you know, if stocks continue to increase, that will eventually weigh on the grind number. So, We'll see how that goes. But uh, no, for uh, the corn market, it just went along for the ride today, you know, with the wheat market up 20 cents, uh, soybeans uh, continuing to climb, soybean meal continuing to to climb. So uh, the corn market goes along for the ride. But, uh, you know, right now, you know, the corn market doesn't have uh, a whole lot to uh, latch on to, even though I do think going forward, uh, if this Argentine situation, uh, you know, continues with the uh, hot and dry, even though forecasts are suggesting maybe not, uh, but uh, one would think the uh, corn market uh, would would catch hold of that. But uh, so far, very little chatter uh, in the corn uh, circles about uh, you know what's happening in Argentina. Uh, soybeans, uh, I think soybeans would have been higher all by themselves today. Uh, even though the meal market has a lot to do with it. Uh, I am hearing of some uh, a fair jag of uh, soybean uh, business done with China. Uh, now, the other day we saw, what, uh, 200 and, uh, what was it, 264,000 tons of beans announced to China, 240,000 tons announced to Unknown. This was yesterday. And uh, over the previous number of days, you know, we've seen smaller amounts uh what I call two cargo sizes, you know, where it ranges from 120,000 tons to 130,000 tons. But I did see some rhetoric uh, this morning that suggested uh, recent China uh, soybean buying activity supported beans with several cargos heard traded Tuesday and up to 28 cargos uh, heard traded last week. Well, tomorrow's weekly export sales. So, you know, uh, that would suggest we're going to see a, uh, you know, another good number, but 
Yeah, the bottom line is uh, you look at the uh, soybean market up, uh, what, 17 in the Jan, uh, up 15 and three quarters in the March, uh, May, not quite so much. Uh, you know, bull spreads are working. Uh, the Gulf basis is coming back from recent weakness. And when you've got a meal market that's in new contract high ground, it's very, very difficult for uh, the soybean market to, uh, you know, stay depressed, if you will. Uh, soybean oil continues to take it on the chin. Uh, still unwinding uh, long soybean oil outright, uh, unwinding long soybean oil, short soybean meal spreads. And this all stems from the EPA announcement last week. Uh, suggesting that the uh, biodiesel mandate uh, just isn't up to what the trade was looking for. I think uh, many in the trade were thinking that, you know, biodiesel was going to be the way to go. You hear about all these crushers building new plants for biodiesel. And, uh, well, the EPA said, no, we're not going to force you to grind as much as we think. So uh, with that said, the soybean oil market continues to correct to the downside. And anybody who trades soybean oil also trades soybean meal. That's a huge spread market. And so with that unwinding of uh, you know that spread, that helps out soybean meal. Uh, you know, talk of uh, uh, you know soybean exports that helps out soybean meal. Uh, the Argentine situation helps out soybean meal. And uh, I'm also here about hearing about the hog herd in China. Uh, continuing uh, in its building. Uh, hog prices are taking it on the chin in China, but uh, the hog uh, herd is indeed building, and so that means you know they need more meal. So bottom line is, you know, at least for the near term, uh, meal is the deal when it comes to the soybean complex. Uh, but I don't know. You know, I think you get uh, meal above uh, $460 a ton, it starts looking a little bit pricey. Uh, it's my understanding the uh, domestic market for meal, it's just routine business. Uh, so that doesn't suggest that, you know, we need to have high meal prices. But the export market for uh, U.S. meal continues to show a firm tone. So going forward, you know, I question how much more is left on uh, the high side for meal. You know, I thought uh, 460 would be high enough. Well, uh, the January contract traded 463 today. And if I'm wrong, you could very easily see uh, something closer to 480. And when I say that, uh, basically all I'm doing is looking at uh, the weekly meal charts. But uh, for the time being, we've got some decent uh, Chinese business happening. And it's interesting uh, to note that uh, uh, the month of December will be the slowest export month Brazil exporting soybeans. So that says, you know, okay, they've run out. And, uh, you know, with that said, it says, okay, the U.S. is going to be the go-to origin for soybeans, at least until uh, new crop beans come along in Brazil. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's late January, early February. And uh, But also, uh, their crop looks pretty darn good. Uh, this is just one state reporting yesterday, uh, the state of Paraná, which is a pretty decent uh, soybean producer. Uh, they're saying 91% of their crop is in good to excellent condition. I ask you, when was the last time we saw any of the U.S. soybean crop in that good a condition? So, you know, it just goes to uh, say that, you know, most of Brazil is in pretty good shape. Now they'll tell you that southern Brazil is kind of hot and dry along with Argentina. 
So, uh, but like I said, there is rain in the forecast for those areas. Is it a drought breaker? Not that I'm seeing, but when it comes to Brazil, uh, seems like they're going to get more than their fair share of moisture going forward. So, wheat market finally gets a bounce after five days down. Uh, yesterday, the chatter was, uh, oh, how oversold is the wheat market? What's the 14-day RSI? Uh, so, you know, I think that and uh, the continued softening of the U.S. dollar uh, finally gave us this knee-jerk rally in the wheat market. And I will say, as far as I'm concerned, it's just knee-jerk uh, due to the oversold condition. U.S. wheat is still nowhere near being competitive in the uh, world's export circles. Uh, you know, folks will tell you, you know, Russia's still moving wheat out of the Black Sea area. Uh, Ukraine is still moving some wheat out of the Black Sea area, not as fast as they would like it. But, uh, you know, it's still, you know, you hear every morning, you know, how Russia continues to send missiles into uh, Ukraine. Yet the export market continues to go. Makes me question how long does this last? But so far, uh, what is it over the last uh, couple of weeks? Uh, story is Russia has sent over 1,000 missiles into Ukraine, yet their export market continues to go. So, And as far as I'm concerned, Russia's got a lot of wheat to sell, and so I think that tends to keep world wheat prices somewhat uh, depressed, and uh, it keeps the U.S. from being uh, anywhere near competitive. Tom Fritz, EFG Group in Chicago. Now the Wednesday settlements up two and a quarter for December corn, 627 and three quarters. March up four cents, 641 and a quarter. But double-digit gains in beans and wheat, Jan beans, 1472, 17 higher. March up 15 and three quarters, going to 1477 and a quarter. December wheat, 727, a gain of 21 and a half the meat's pretty quiet and mixed, down 7 on February live cattle, 153.55. February lean hogs, 86.65, down 27. Join us at the Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo presented by AgriFinancial and Reynolds Farm Equipment. It is next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We have fantastic exhibitors, free seminars, and free parking at this free show. So check it out in Westfield, Indiana. I'm Andy Eubank. Who's your ag today? Indiana's Farm Network.